You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal, and this is D Sides Orphans and Oddities. Hi, everybody. I haven't been in the studio for a while, but I'm glad to be back, and I hope that you're enjoying tonight's show as much as I will be. Hey, I have a question for you. Oh, we're going to talk about Eddie Van Halen, and we're going to talk about. Um, um, Johnny Nash. We're going to talk about Johnny Nash because they both died this week. And um, we're going to talk about them. But let me ask you something. Who is your favorite singer? And also, are they the best singer? Do you think that they're the best? Like, for instance, uh, I was looking at the Rolling Stone. Oh, I give fault. Top, 100, top 50 singers. I think the list was in 2008, and I don't think much has changed since then, but um, number one, I think, was Aretha Franklin, and she's obviously great. But up on the top of the list there was uh, Bob Dylan, who's actually, I think, more of a song stylist, not really a singer, and you certainly wouldn't want someone named someone like Bob Dylan fronting your band if you were trying to make it big i guess or whatever there were very few women on the list uh nina simone was on the list well ahead of the person that i like the best i like you know i like annie ross of lambert hendrix and ross she was a jazz singer who was extremely versatile and fun and nice and i liked her a lot i liked uh of course i liked aretha franklin and i like a couple other people but i guess my example would be that if your favorite drummer is john bottom that makes total sense is he the best yeah maybe he is the best in the rock and roll idiom is he better than, say, Billy Cobham or Buddy Rich? Maybe, if if he's doing what you like. But would you want him in your band? I wouldn't want John Bonham in my band because that's not the kind of music that I would do. But having said that, the guy was a monster. And I wanted to share with you a show that was featuring my favorite female singer of all time. And it's not Aretha, but she did make the top 50. She made number 50. And I think it's just a shame because I'm a singer myself, or at least I was. And I always loved the song stylings of Bonnie Raitt. The way she's got a little emotional catch at the top of her register. uh, And she's very, very soulful. And she listens to her influences and she assimilates them. And I love Bonnie Raitt. I think she's the best female singer, I think, of all time. And I'm going to play you some Bonnie Raitt. So here goes.
like a devil wearing wings. Wearing wings, you look so grand. Wearing wings. Do you tie them to your shoulder just to sing? Can you fly? I heard you can. Can you fly? Just like an eagle doing his hunting from the sky.
This is good, too. <laughs> Ready? 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 <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, I can see clearly now the wind has gone. And I can see all Obstacles in my way. Oh, one of the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna live bright, sunshiny day. It's gonna be a bright, sunshiny day. Oh, 
So you recognize that song, of course you do, because when it was released, it was like a breath of fresh air. It was wonderful. And um, that was Liza Minnelli with I Can See Clearly Now from 1974, live at the Winter Garden. And I would imagine that that instrumental section at the end was her dancing and maybe taking a top hat and twirling around or... Before that, uh, some some great vocal performances by my favorite female vocalist of all time, Bonnie Raitt, by a pretty wide margin, singing the Randy Newman song Guilty from the album Taking My Time, 1973. Before that, singing a Joni Mitchell composition, that song about the Midway from her album Streetlights in 1974. And before that, her version of the Del Shannon hit, Runaway, which was not really, people frowned on it, I guess, purists or whatever. But uh, it did reach uh, the top 50 or so. But she was in the business for a while. She started in 1971 with her first album. And she didn't start winning those Grammys until 89 and 90. So she had seen it all and she had done it all. And as a woman in rock and roll, she had probably faced a lot of stuff. I mean, if you read her Wikipedia page, it tells a story about how she was recording an album. She got done recording the album. She had the tour planned and all the posters printed off and the record company just dropped her. And yeah, every, every kind of music, every, every kind of music as far as business of music is concerned, treats women and black people like garbage until they start making them a lot of money. I mean, even back then, her albums didn't sell a lot. They were pretty, they were critically acclaimed and they were great. She was great. But she was disposable. Then she got some uh, support from the label. She had signed a new label in 89 and some different production techniques and nick of time one record of the year that year and she's released a lot of stuff since then but she was in the business for a long time and another person who has been in the business for a long time was the fella who died this week johnny nash his first single was released in 1956 first album 1958 and he had had uh, six top 40 hits, mostly of the reggae variety or the soul variety. But I can see clearly now it was released in 1973 and it was huge. And it's a really good song. And Johnny Nash, a great songwriter, a great singer. And he had been around a long time before that happened. And he was around a long time after that happened. But... For one brief shining moment, one of his compositions 
just rule the airwaves. And I like that song a lot. I like you hear it now in commercials for window cleaner and stuff like that. But I like Johnny Nash. So here's some Johnny Nash that you have not heard before.
way you walk You got a soul child I can tell by the way you talk You got a soul child You got something deep inside Nothing in the world can hide Yeah, you got soul You got soul Baby, baby, baby You got soul You got soul Oh yeah, I can tell by the way you move You got soul, yeah Oh, I can tell by the way you groove You got soul Should we give? 
So you may or may not believe it, but that was the single that was released before his big number one hit. There are more questions than answers. And the B-side was Guava Jelly from 1972, shortly before he released I Can See Clearly Now, which went to number one. So you never know. You never know when lightning will strike. And I'm glad that Johnny Nash had a pretty successful career. And I hope his family's getting those nice royalty checks. Before that, you got Soul from 1969. The album was Soul Folk, and it's not available on CD, and it never was. Before that, uh, a song called That Woman from 1976. The album was What a Wonderful World, and it's not available on CD, and it never was. And before that, Johnny Nash, uh, Mr. C, a self, C-S-E-A, not C, Mr. C, from the album Let's Go Dancing from 1979, again, never released on CD. So he had a long, pretty successful career, relatively speaking, 
but a lot of his stuff didn't get released on the new medium and maybe that's a sign of him being forgotten at the time i mean we didn't hear a lot about johnny nash in the 80s and the 90s but he was still out there kind of like my 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 man mel carter he's still out there singing those songs and especially the one that he made famous my name is gilbert neal and this is d sides orphans and oddities sort of a melancholy week because we lost Johnny Nash, but we also lost Eddie Van Halen, who was so incredibly talented as a guitar. He was one of those people that the guitar seemed like an extension of him, and he seemed so comfortable and so natural and so versatile and so powerful, but so in control, you know, when you'd see him live, he'd always be smiling and it was always a lot of fun and joy for him. I mean, even though he, he died, uh, of cancer and even though he smoked, which you should not do, don't smoke. If you're smoking, don't stop smoking, but gosh, you know, unlike Johnny Nash and unlike Bonnie Raitt, Van Halen, they were together maybe four years, five years of working those clubs in Los Angeles and having crazy unprotected sex before uh, they started recording demos and then their first album. And I, gosh, I remember it so well because people of a certain age, especially musicians of a certain age, and I was never a great guitar player and I'm still not, but when Van Halen, the first album came out and we heard that and uh, that instrumental that preceded it, uh, no one had ever heard anything like that. No one had ever done anything like that with a guitar, at least not to kids in West Seneca, kids in Buffalo, New York. And he was like a, a, a thing out of outer space. And it wasn't like he was one of those guys who looked down at his guitar and and made the rock and roll face. He was, like I said, he was just so natural. And that band, the four of them, the original four, had a swagger, had a groove that you just you just can't make it up. You can you can spend all the money in the world, but you just can't get it unless you have it. And that's what I loved about the original Van Halen. You know, when Sammy Hager joined, they released I think four albums that went right to number one. Van Halen never had a number one album with David Lee Roth. They had a number one song with Jump, but <laughs> they they got as high as number two with 1984. And who knows how high they would have gotten. If they would have kept going, maybe taken a couple years off to let David Lee Roth do his thing and, and let egos go and, and just be just a great American group. And I really like Van Halen. And the older I get, the more I like them. I mean, bands like Queen couldn't touch them. Their virtuosity, maybe Brian May could, but gosh, and... And the harmonies, Michael Anthony on bass, deceptively fast, deceptively good. 
you wouldn't know it because by comparison, here's here's this demigod with a with a, a crazy guitar playing these riffs that no one ever heard before. And it was good. And you know the thing about Van Halen, even with the musicianship, and there have been better musicians since then, maybe before, I don't know. And there have been better songs, although in the metal realm, those melodies are really, really good. They get under your skin, dance the night away, Jamie's crying, all that stuff. Even I'll wait or jump. They had a way with a chorus. They had a way with a hook. It wasn't like other metal bands. They, they weren't metal. They were pop with distortion. But the thing about Van Halen to me is they never took themselves seriously. They were having fun. They might have fought internally and they might have had problems with, with, with the brothers or whatever. But when you saw them on stage or when you heard them on the records, you knew they were having a good time. Because music is nothing if you're not having a good time. You know, as a group, as four, four guys fighting it out, beating, beating up other bands and getting beaten up and playing a no one and stuff. And Eddie Van Halen de, de, um, developing a gimmick and practicing and practicing and practicing. If you're not having fun, there's no point. And I think that that is the difference between Van Halen and the other bands of the time is that they just never took themselves too seriously. And their records were really, really good. And I listened to him a lot. Not just, I, you know, before he uh, left, before he died, their records were still a part of um, what I listened to because they were just so much fun. And they were so good and they swung so hard. When Sammy Hager was in the band, they sold more records, but to me, they were more like uh, Toto or Chicago, you know, with these big bombastic choruses. And some of it was good. Some of it was cheap. I, I heard, I, you know, I'll, I'll take David Lee Roth swinging off, swinging from a, a chord in the middle of an audience with a, you know, Michael Anthony having a, a, a whiskey bass guitar. I'll take that any day. Over, if you ever notice the video for Come On Baby, Finish What You Started, starts off with a bunch of pretty girls in suggestive positions and crazy, sexy cowboy outfits. And as the video goes on, there's less and less of the girls and more and more of the guys in Van Halen or Van Halen 2, if you will. And I think that's cheap. I love the original Van Halen. So I'm going to play songs by Van Halen that maybe you've heard before. Never, none of them went to top 40, but you've heard them. And I'm not going to try to get more obscure than other people. I mean, I had a whole show where I dedicated it to the demos they recorded for Gene Simmons, who sort of kind of discovered them. I don't know. But um, for all the Sturm and Drang of Van Halen, I just really liked those records. And he was a breath of fresh air. You could say he saved rock and roll. I don't know. That stuff is crazy. But um, here's some Van Halen. And I hope you like it. Mm-hmm. 
WHUP LP Hillsboro. I had written that that's that's my favorite song of theirs is unchained uh, you can tell that diver down and um, <clears throat> fair warning are my favorite albums of theirs because they're just so loopy they're so nutty but but they'll flatten you they'll flatten you 
Unchained, Little Guitars, Dancing in the Streets, their cover of uh, the Motown hit, and before that, Mean Streets. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities, and I'm sharing with you uh, my favorite songs by Van Halen, who really just revolutionized every kid with a guitar. They made they made you either quit or try to get better. There was no in-between, and uh, I like that. Well, this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. Next week, I'm going to be uh, partaking in the, um, the 50-50 uh, benefit for local musicians who have been affected adversely by the COVID. And I'm going to be playing, well, for my show, I only play music that's from 1965 to 1980, a little bit over and a little bit younger, or a little bit older and a little bit younger. But I'll, be, I'll just be playing musicians who uh, were born in North Carolina and went on to fame. People like Maceo Parker and um, um, Nina Simone, and of course, James Taylor, but not the stuff that you always hear. Um, and uh, other musicians from North Carolina that I've discovered <laughs> for, for myself, not for anybody else, but to, to enjoy and listen to. So we'll be doing that next week live here in the studio. And then the next week after that, I'll be doing my Kid Creole and the Coconuts. I'll be featuring Kid Creole and the Coconuts. I mean, I cannot play more than four of their songs, but I can play songs that are by Kid Creole and the Coconuts and then play songs by the Coconuts and then play songs by Cody Mundi. And then um, Prince wrote a song for... Um, Kid Creole and the Coconuts when they were not having many sales, but I don't, I don't, I don't think the song's very good and I'm not going to play it. Anyway, onward, inward, upward towards you and the thing that I said just now.
pieces of music will show just a few of the possible applications for the bass and guitar gizmotrons. Mm -hmm. 